welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Root Root Workout, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, Forest Hill, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your pajama-wearing announcer, Dr. Jeremy White, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Ms. Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by our special guest, William Stick Evers of WilliamStickEvers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada, bringing us the topic of astrological remediation in hoodoo. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you will receive a free on-air consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjure Man Ali. Hello, guys, and what are you wearing today? Well, I'm in a burgundy-colored dress. My gosh. <laughs> I really didn't need to know about your pajamas. <laughs> I know. This, uh, this, pa- this pandemic and lockdown makes um, crazy things happen. and uh, I'm waiting for my um, chocolate chai, which was given to me as a gift, and I haven't yet tasted it, from Ms. Robin of MsRobinsMojo.com, a member of AIR. In fact, essentially the founder of AIR <laughs> and a wonderful friend of mine, also the founder of the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals. And she um, got me some chocolate chai for my birthday, and here it comes. And now we're going to put in the ginger that came from Papa G. <coughs> How are you, Ollie? I'm going to have my chai. I'm doing uh, really well. I was actually going to say uh, ginger sounds really good right now, actually. <laughs> uh, it'd it is be a, a, a nice a nice bit of, of tea. So I'm probably going to, at some point uh, as we're chatting, I might make myself some tea as well while I'm on mute uh, just because uh, I think it'd be, you know, perfect for, the, for this uh, episode. I'm doing otherwise, doing quite well, been, been busy. I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, topic today, astrological communication is something very dear and near to my heart. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and seems quite a fitting topic giving, given the retrogrades we're kind of going through uh, yeah, right we're now. In, we're in retrograde land, yeah. Well, I did want to give just a little notice about what's going on at the Lucky Mojo shop. We are still doing curbside pickup. Um, and we have orders backed up because we still are short on employees able to come in, what with our staggered work schedule. But um, we are in an area of Sonoma County in which um, 
businesses are still quarantined, but private residences, you can come and go. So we're kind of in this half-twilight quarantine. And we will abide by that rule, so we're not going to open up the shop yet. But we are open for business on the Internet, and if you do live locally, you can um, you know, just put in your order and come pick up your products. And um, things are going pretty well, you know. Um, we're still having some shortages of some herbs. If you order herbs and roots, and they used to come from China, you may not have known they came from China, but you'll know it when they're not here. Yeah. So, um, And we are... Um, I've been doing a lot of work at um, AIR, the Association of mm-hmm. Independent Readers and Root Workers, what with this lockdown. So all of you people who uh, know that um, Jeremy, Lady Muse, Papa Nude and I, and Miss um, Michael, and Nagashiva, and Miss Athena, and Lara Rivera, all members of AIR, that we work on this thing called the Tech Team every Tuesday. And we made a vow to put out one new web page for the AIR site every Tuesday, and we've been keeping to that. So if you follow AIR on Facebook, you will see every week a new web page we've written for our customers and clients, and we just want you to enjoy them. And also, Nagashiva and I are part of a, another one of these little what-to-do-in-the-lockdown you know, plans, which is that we're putting out a free spell every Monday through Lucky Mojo. It's the free spell of the week. We've done three of them so far, and we've promised to do 100 of them. So between all these things, we are keeping busy and we are presenting good um, things to the public for which there's no charge. Of course, I'm still doing readings, and I apologize to all of my Hoodoo Psychics fans. I missed yesterday, which was Saturday. I always go on on Saturday, but other things came up, and I just couldn't make it. I'll try to make it up later. Um, if you're looking for a Hoodoo Psychics reading, you can find me by checking my Facebook page or the Hoodoo Psychics page, and I will make up my time later in the week. That's it for me. Um, I guess, um, Ollie, you're you're just hanging in there, right? Yeah, I'm, you know, as much as it's kind of crazy to live through the, this lockdown situation and the, you know, global pandemic, um, with the exception of some minor conveniences, there hasn't been too much difference in, in what I do. Um, most of them are very much like go with the tide type of person. So when we went to, to lockdown, that just meant I had to shift my classes that I teach online. Um, took a little bit of figuring out, but I was able to do it. Uh, you know, I do most of my client work remotely and digital anyway via email, so not much change there. It was really just a matter of rather than going out to the grocery store, having my groceries delivered. That's really kind of the major change that that I've kind of uh, experienced. Uh, other than that, I've just been staying sane by getting lots of reading done. Uh, I'm kind of finishing up some projects that, that I've been putting on the back burner for a while. Um, so it's been a productive, if I say, like, a sort of um, laid-back productivity, not deadline, not intense, like, oh, i got to finish this by next month, but more like, huh, I haven't done this project that I've been meaning to do for two years. Perfect time. Let's just spend the <laughs> doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, when you said laid-back productivity, and that reminded me there's another announcement I do have to make very briefly. We had a couple of books scheduled to be ready for May this year. Obviously, they're not out because the printers in Canada 
shut down and also uh, traffic across the border shut down. <clears throat> and we just received uh, news that they will be opening up, but of course they've got a backlog. And um, so we have not yet scheduled press time, but the books that were delayed, uh, um, The Guiding Light to Power and Success and Bottle Up and Go, which is the book about container spells by Lara Rivera and me, they will be out this summer. We're not sure when yet, but meanwhile, we had to put ahead of them some books that we need to reprint because we're running out of copies. And so all of our, I mean, you know, it's like all of our schedule and the printer schedule haven't yet gelled. I'll keep you all informed, but those books will be mm. out this summer, I swear. But they may not have, may, may not be the first off the press because meanwhile, we're running out of Hoodoo Bible Magic. You know, just it would have been reprinted now and those would have been in May, but too late, you know, whatever. <laughs> so um, we'll figure it out. All right, well, let's bring in our guest, and one of my favorite guests, articulate, intelligent, mathematically inclined, and and a lover of a lover of bunny rabbits, William Stick Evers. Hi, I welcome to the that. show, William. Yeah. Hi, hi, welcome, hi, welcome. Tam. Hi, Kanjaman Ali. <laughs> hi, Nagashiva. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, it's a pleasure to be back again. And I'm a big lover of bunny rabbits, indeed. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, even even the most rigorous astrologers among us post photos of their beautiful bunnies. Oh, that's cute. Very cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and a great topic uh, today. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So, William, um, our topic today is astrological remediation. This is something very dear to my heart. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to just introduce it a little bit um, and uh, just talk about it. Um, oh, I want to give a couple of little shout-outs. My gosh, we've got a whole lot of people in here. Uh, Miss Michael, Tony I, Papa G, we've got Angela L, um, and um, some other people who just go by various names, Dr. Sweets. Um, so I just want to say hi to all of my, my friends, and we've got a large crowd. This bit, obviously a topic that's going to interest people. Signe DC, Rue Wolf, and um, uh, Miss Miranda Tarot. Um, Elizabeth Tanous, and I know I missed a couple because I just <laughs> scrolled by them. Uh, oh, Covet Gift 2. And um, Astrology News, but I can't read what that is. Astrology News Network, it may be. Um, so, hi all. Okay. So, um, astrological remediation to me is something that I was taught when I was young. Mm. It comes out of the idea. Um, that was really popularized by, I mean, it doesn't come out of this idea, but the idea can be conveyed through a very simple uh, meme that was promoted uh, by a guy named Sidney Omar. The stars impel, they do not compel. He was a newspaper astrologer. It was a snappy phrase, and it really stuck with people. But that then left them wondering, well, if they don't compel, how do I get out of it? If I was born with this afflicted Mars, you know, with Saturn and all this junk on it how can i get out of it now um astrological remediation has been around for many many years but that little phrase will always help you remember why we do it what you're going to do with an astrological remediation depends in the first place on what your natal chart is if your chart has bad places you're going to want to fix them and you can and there are many ways to fix them just i'm going to give you three simple examples Let's say you have a planet. I'm going to give an example from real life, a friend of mine. Um, Venus, the planet of love, makes no aspects. 
Now, you would expect a person with Venus making no aspect would never to find a lover. It would be very difficult for them to find a lover. But, of course, there are people who have planets located where that Venus is and even have them trine or have, have them opposed to or square or sextile. But in practicality, the best thing for people with no Venus aspect is to find someone who has a planet directly on it. They need that kind of jolt, and they will fall in love. And that person will fulfill, by the nature of the planet that lands on it, will fulfill, either for good or ill, their unaspected Venus. Happens all the time. That's one example. Example number two of astrological remediation, and this is, by the way, often done without consulting an astrologer. The astrologer finds out later, oh, look, you married someone who has a planet on your unaspected Venus. The other astrological remediation is done by waiting for transits. When a good planet comes around and makes um, a supportive or um, ancillary aspect or a very positive aspect to something that was negative on your chart, it's a good time to undertake therapy, to undertake literal remediation, like get that corrective surgery now or move to that better location now. So that is using transiting planets to do astrological remediation. And the third way is symbolical astrological remediation, and this is by far the most fascinating and the most innovative, the most, um, I guess you could say, the most artistic form of astrological remediation. So let's say, uh, going back to that weak Venus, well, you might want to wear a stone of Venus to strengthen your Venus and thereby attract somebody to your planet that's so lost and lonely. Or if you have a bad aspect, let's say you have, um, oh, Neptune, square Mars. It's not a very good aspect at all. And you might want to do something that would be strengthening to the Mars rather than have it be afflicted. And you might want to use iron, which is a Martian thing, or bloodstone. And you might even bring in a stone that's related to Neptune. We're not going to use Neptunium now. Everyone always says, can we use these radioactive minerals? No, no, no. But there are stones that would be associated with Neptune. And you would make a piece of jewelry that had both of those stones in it in a harmonious setting. And so art comes into these. There are many other ways to do remediations, and I'm going to turn this over to William. But I want you to just think of the three types that we're looking at. One is kind of natural plugging the holes, Number two is waiting for transits to make a change in your life. And number three, the far the most important, is symbolical remediation. All right, take it away, William. That's a very good explanation, Kat, and I'm sure we'll cover all of that, most of that today, although this is a multi, this this subject could easily be a six-hour workshop mm-hmm. because of the level of complexity involved. And, um, and then we're also covering uh, crossing over to astrological talismans or a house-based mm-hmm. astrological talismans which derive directly out of Picatrix, which is mm-hmm. the oldest and le- most legitimate source of astrological magic we have that came from the House of Wisdom in Baghdad around 800 A.D. Mm-hmm. So uh, all forms of astrological magic are essentially remedial and their nature. And my definition of astrological remediation is the use of any technique, magic and or otherwise, to heal, integrate, and resolve complex and protracted issues based on one's personal biography as indicated by the planetary bodies and astrological portents in one's astrological natal chart based on their date, time, and place of birth. So this is not sun sign astrology. 
but just knowing one sun sign uh, is not going to be sufficient in order for any astrological practitioner or any well-schooled hoodoo practitioner who is knowledgeable in the art of astrology. They're going to need to know the birth data based on the birth record, the time on the birth record, not birth certificate, in order to proceed to do any form of astrological remediation. That being said, mm-hmm. if one is born with, uh, in astrological mediation, if one is born with, or the essential idea is one is born with a malefic planetary configuration or bad aspect, as it's called in one's natal horoscope, that mm-hmm. would be indicative that one would have less than expected chance based on probability of career success or let's say romantic fulfillment and love, or finding emotionally available or compatible partners for marriage, or let's say building a lasting and sustainable wealth and prosperity based on one's hard-earned money, or possibly dealing with psychosomatic issues. Uh, Most medical maladies are psychosomatic in nature, where uh, astrological remediation would be uh, a factor in restoring robust physical health, right? So there's mm-hmm. many ways we can employ astrological re- remediation to redirect and enhance the impact of one's negative astrological factors in one's horoscope. Mm-hmm. So can I uh, can I jump in for just ahead. a moment here because we're talking about natal charts and of course half the people listening are going gosh I know I'm a Libra but I don't know what he means by natal chart so I'm just going to back up just for those who came into here going what is that the natal chart is a horoscope that's cast at the time of your birth it contains very complex uh, relationships between the planets and the lights, which are the sun and the moon, and in some cases, depending on the astrologer, may also include the asteroids or the major asteroids. Some astrologers use them, some do not. And it also may include what are called the Arabic parts. And these are calculated positions between two planets, of which the most famous is the part of fortune. So Mm -hmm. um, you would need to get your chart done before you could apply some of these remediations. However, if you've had your chart done, you will see that unless you've had it interpreted by a completely lame-brained, computer-based, um, <laughs> oh, um, you know, canned reading, it will tell you what is negative. The problem yeah. with getting your chart done online is that even the most horrific aspects will be soft-pedaled. And mm-hmm. it's like tarot readers who take out the tower, they take out death, yeah. and they and they take out the devil, right? Astrologers do this, too, to their detriment. And you may find some really bad aspects that would actually things like beware of death due to exploding gasoline in a fiery car wreck in your 31st year, which a normal astrologer would have given you, will be say things like um, you should be cautious around cars, Well, everybody Mm. should be cautious around cars. It doesn't say, you, you have this. So I recommend that when we talk about a natal chart, that you actually spend the money to get a real natal chart cast by a real astrologer. End of plug. Go on. Go on now, William. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, just as you stated earlier, uh, as most most well-schooled, excuse me, I'm having some pronunciation issues today, as as most well-schooled practitioners know, Hoodoo practitioners and astrologers know the stars impel, they do not compel. 
meaning that the malefic impact of <clears throat> negative astrological aspects during one's lifetime can be mm-hmm. greatly lessened and redirected into creative challenges that result in life-enhancing outcomes by working with magic or spell casting, especially hoodoo practitioners who have the knowledge and experience to, bl- to balance and blend the planetary energies of that malefic dynamic through using a form of what we have, have been using uh, astrological remediation. So remediation is the essential process of identifying the problem, examining the horoscope chart, and then prescribing a remedy with the purpose of balancing the planetary energies through the form of some magical working and life, some, some lifestyle modification mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to redirect the energies so that they become rather than destructive, where they become challenging and ultimately productive. Yeah. So yeah. I can give an I, example. Yeah. I mean, you want me to go ahead or do you want yeah, to Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Give us an Please? example. We'd like, yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. So an example here would be I posted a chart earlier, and you might be able to see that, of a 33-year-old woman who is been chronically single for a number of years after her engagement failed when she was 29 years old during the time of her Saturn return. And she's not been able to find a relationship with a man or have a relationship with a man since the breakup of that engagement. So she explains she has trouble meeting men and that few men she does meet turn out to be undesirable or incompatible or, or, or um, unconsummatable because they're married. So mm-hmm. what we need, right? So that was identifying the problem. After speaking to her, getting a context of a situation, right, I was able to determine it was that she's not interested in the hookup dating scene that is so common now among mm-hmm. young women who have casual sex right, using Mm -hmm. these apps, but rather her goal ultimately was to, you know, get married and have a family. Mm -hmm. However, that being said, all right, although she sought marriage, she did not want it just at any price. She didn't want Mm -hmm. to settle, right? Mm -hmm. So that was one one of the issues where she was professionally accomplished, very educated, um, she had a, I would say, a upper middle class socioeconomic position mm-hmm. living in a major international city in the United States. So she just didn't want to settle for anyone. So what I did, step two, in examining that needle horoscope based on her exact birth time, birthplace, right, the first thing I noticed was that her Venus, which is the universal ruler of love, romance, and mm-hmm. intimacy, was peregrine, mm-hmm. peregrine in the sign of Sagittarius, meaning it had no essential dignity indicating she was prone to be a bit tactless, somewhat impatient, uh, somewhat a bit self-centered, if I may say, and quick to mm-hmm. run away from emotional intimacy during the early stages in her approach to courtship and love and romance. Mm-hmm. So she had a problem with the actual dating or the first phase of the dating courtship process. The second mm-hmm. thing I noticed was that her Venus was conjunct Saturn, indicative mm-hmm. of challenge. Right. Indicative of challenges, delays, frustrations with courting inappropriate or or incompatible suitors 
or experiencing outright rejection and missed opportunities for those people she rejected who were compatible. And, um, and she also, it also is indicative of issues with intimacy, emotional bonding, and love, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing she had was she had Capricorn in the seventh house with natal Neptune conjunct the seventh house cusp of marriage. And that was an indicative that she was seeking a spiritual union and searching for perfection in intimate relationships. And she became, over time, or because of that Neptune placement, she became disillusioned with these imperfect partners where um, these imperfect partners or at first appeared perfect but had deep hidden character flaws that would reveal themselves. Although ideal partners were ones that were unable to meet her needs or were emotionally unavailable or um, were, were in between separation were in the midst of a divorce, or were married. So she became disheartened, mm-hmm. disheartened, right, because she couldn't find the perfect romantic partner who could truly commit to her in a relationship, and that's what the mm-hmm. Neptune, the disillusionment of the Neptune was indicating. So I went through uh, a prescribed a set of remedies. Some of those remedies were things she could do, some of the things I needed to do, and uh, I'll cover those real quickly here. So Venus, starting with Venus, her Venus is both essentially and accidentally debilitated. Therefore, her Venus needed remediation. The Mm -hmm. remedy, all right, that I prescribed was to strengthen her Venus and alleviate its conjunction to Saturn to some degree that would give her greater clarity of her beliefs, values, and help her cultivate her romantic ideals, her non-negotiables and negotiables that she sought in love, friendship, romance, and to clearly develop and articulate a clear vision of her ideal partner to raise, and most importantly, to raise her her vibration with that Neptune archetypal energy in her chart. So once she had a clear vision of what she wanted based on her values and beliefs, based on her negotiables and non-negotiables, right, once that was clearly articulated, then she could move forward with an individual spell, right, using Mm -hmm. a Venus candle, right, you know, Venus oil rolled over a, you know, using a Venus candle, uh, using Venus oil, rolled in Venus rule herbs, burned down on the top of a copy of her natal chart on the day of Friday in the hour of Venus, with Venus being in the sign of her exaltation or in the Mm -hmm. sign of her dignity. Now, in this case, I stated the sign of her exaltation, which would be Venus in Pisces, because mm-hmm. she had that Neptune in the seventh house, and this would appeal to the romantic and spiritual devotion to the beloved that she was seeking, and also dressing the candle with Pisces oil would, was appropriate as well. And then, after we got that going, right, I had her, um, actually I created a Venus talisman that had the sigil or the magic square of Venus that was done on the day and hour of Venus when Venus was dignified by exaltation or dignity on the ascendant. Mm-hmm. And that was sigilized at the exact time that she would carry on her own person for the next 30 to 90 days. And during that period, right, she would then do certain things like reciting the hymn to Venus by Orpheus or or Picatrix or varying it one day to the next 
burying these Venus invocations during the period of carrying the talisman. Then I also provided uh, a mojo bag with an emphasis of Venus and Saturn along with Neptune symbology and related herbs, roots, and oils in it that she would carry with her after the 30-day period, 30 to 90-day period. So I had to carry the talisman, the Venus talisman, the Venus paper talisman, 30 days, and then we swapped out that talisman and had her carry that mojo bag for the remainder of this period. I also had her surround herself and carry any gems, stones, or metals that vibrate on the frequency of Venus. I got her to start wearing clothing, clothing that vibrates with the same frequency of Venus every Friday. Mm-hmm. And then finally, after we went through that process, and that was about a few months into it, we finally did the final remediation where we took uh, the final remediation of the Venus-Saturn aspect, where I set up a ritual uh, on my altar, uh, set up with a black candle representing Saturn on the left and a green candle representing Venus on the right. Each candle was dressed and anointed with the corresponding planetary oil. Next, mm-hmm. I introduced a third planet, a third planet to alleviate and remediate the negative energy of the conjunction. And in this mm-hmm. case, I provided a white candle dressed with Jupiter oil as Jupiter ruled, as Jupiter rules the sign Sagittarius in which both Venus and Saturn occupied in her horoscope. And because Jupiter is the great benefic and the Jupiter factor or the Jupiter energy combined with the Venus-Saturn could bring a positive, positive and supportive relationship that had an endearing and charming integrity to it. Then the candle, all right, so the candle would be lit, in an astrologically auspicious time for all three planets, this is something that requires advanced knowledge of electronic astrology, in the following order of prayer and petition using Picatrix for each planet, first Saturn, then Venus, and lastly, Jupiter. Wow. Wow. Yeah, this is... Oh. Uh... This is deep. <laughs> um, now, I'm going to say something about this because... At this point, every astrologer is going, wow, at the, and everybody else is going, huh? <laughs> right? So I'm going to give a, a version of this that would be much more what we call down-home. Okay? Just a down-home. This is something that a down-home hippie hoodooist might prescribe. We could use the same examples. Everything that he said could apply. And this is where the art comes in. Are you just making bread at home? Are you getting the fancy loaf from the fancy baker? Are you um, just um, making biscuits? Are you making yeast bread? Everybody knows what you're doing, but there's different ways to do it. So one of the the part with the candles that he mentioned is um, clear and simple and clean. And you might ask, do hoodooists... Um, did did hoodoo practitioners of old use these timings? And the answer is yes, they did. I have to say this on the radio show at least twice a year because there are people out there who claim that um, hoodoo is purely African and there was none of this Babylonian, um, you know, Middle Eastern astrology ever entered into hoodoo. But that's not true because um, once the uh, emancipation of slavery came and people were allowed to educate themselves as they chose, many black root workers chose to learn astrology. 
and um, they sold um, planetary hour indicators, Professor Seward's planetary hour indicators. They uh, worked, and they told Harry Hyatt, who interviewed them in the 30s. So this is nothing new. 1930s, Harry Hyatt was interviewing 1,600 black practitioners, and many of them mentioned, do this in the sign of whatever it might be. And so the part with the candles would be very easy to do. And um, as far as you know, going into all the timing, you could you could skim it a little bit. It might not be the very super fantastic, you know, French cuisine, but it would be hearty eating. So don't ever stop doing astrological remediation because you go, it's too complex for me. I'd have to have a copy of the Picatrix, and God knows which translation should I have. Don't let that stop you. Just start with what he started with those candles. That says so much. And um, you can do it. I'm just here to tell you that you can do it, even if you do it at a very um, yeah. uh, simple way. Now, Ollie, what do you have to say on this? Yeah, so astrological remediation is something that I've done actually far longer than I've done voodoo. I was adopted into the voodoo tradition young, but it's not what I was born to. My family tradition involves astrology and geomancy, and both of them have very strong remediation components. And as William mentioned, this goes back to a particular treatise of magic known as the Picatrix, uh, actually, which is a Latin translation of the Hayat al-Hatim, which is in Al-Andalus, not in Baghdad. Um, but it is an old form of, of working. It's known as Ruhaniya in Arabic. And it's actually a fusion of Judeo-Arabic and Hellenic ideas of astrology, but you don't need to know that advanced level in order to practice it. There's kind of two approaches here that I tell people. There's the approach of if you have a headache, you take Tylenol. Anybody can do that. They don't need a diagnosis. They don't need a prescription to do that. You can work with planetary hours. You can work with the phases of the moon. You can work with the moon moving through the zodiac. All of those are ways of which you can adopt some aspect of astrological remediation. Then there's instances where you have cancer and you need to have a diagnosis and you need to have an actual uh, treatment uh, involved. And that's where you would want to get either an astrologer involved or you want to develop your own skills in astrology. Now, there are traditionally three ways in which remediation is understood and three ways in which it's done. So the way that people uh, observe remediation is first elemental. This is the old Hellenic approach to uh, uh, remediation, which combines medical astrology with magical astrology. You look at the elemental makeup of a chart, and there is meant to be balance. When there's an imbalance there, this is particularly, we kind of overemphasize sun sign astrology, but traditionally looking at, for example, the sun, the ascent of the moon, looking at the victor in the chart, all of this is a way in which you could understand the temperamental balance of a person. It's related to the humors. This is Hellenic astrology. Then there is the Judeo-Arabic version, uh, which emerged in the medieval era, and that is the examination of spirits, examination of motions, what we would call transits, and then rays. So you would understand that there are certain spirits that are working. So, for example, the Lord of Venus is referred to as a lute player. But if the Lord of Venus is in the 12th house, based off of what the Jewish astrologer Ibn Ezra says, then it is no longer a lute player, but a demon. And you need to do work in order to remediate it. 
Then the third approach, which is a Persian at Tithanian, is bad stars. This usually looks at the sort of fixed star placement, malefics generally traditionally viewed as Mars and Saturn, always a pain, a pain in the ass. And then, of course, dignities and falls, etc. So what does this look like? How, this is the kind of approach. These three kind of looking at the problem, they come in these three. There are three ways of also fixing it. There is regimental changes. This is a sort of medical astrology approach. You make changes in your lifestyle. There's ritual work, magic that you do in order to fix something. This would be like undergoing surgery. And then there are talismanic work. Talismanic work is to address a weakness in the chart, something that you carry with you in perpetuity. So how does this look like? I've had two clients, and it's interesting that we all came up with Venus examples here. I think uh, given that Venus is in retrograde, it makes perfect sense. I had a client who, who came to me with this issue of Venus in the 12th house, which Ibn Ezra, the Jewish uh, astrologer, talks about as becoming a demon. And what this generally means is that when Venus is in the 12th house, it's illicit relationships, really unable to form uh, meaningful attachments, and most importantly, it usually means you're the mistress, never the actual partner. So how do you resolve this? This is resolved through a particular talisman in the Zayat al-Haqim, which the Picatrix is a sort of bad Latin translation of, uh, which says that you want to create a talisman with the moon or Venus in Taurus, uh, and Taurus is the rise of our Taurus is the ascendant. This particular talisman would be the image of a lute player or of a woman with a bird's head, which is an old image for Ishtar. So we see that sort of Babylonian connection. That talisman was then given to the uh, client who wore it along with some changes in her lifestyle, and she was able to find a very meaningful relationship very shortly afterwards. Another case was an instance of night terrors or nightmares. The person was worried, like, okay, I think I'm being haunted by a demon. We did the research, we did a bit of reading. Nope, no spirit. What's going on here? Why do you have these night terrors? So we cast a natal chart here, and what came really clearly was that there was an elemental imbalance. Ibn Sina and Akhwani talks about that night terrors and nightmares are a result of an overabundance of cold in the elemental makeup. And so we did some sort of regimental changes. First, they would take warm baths in which they would pour the warm water with prayer over the head. They would drink ginger teas. And we placed a solar talisman that we created based off of the highest prescription under the bed. As a result, the night terrors were removed. So these are kind of advanced approaches towards astrological remediation. Very traditional, very old school, and they require some level of knowledge of astrology. But you can still affect some response by looking at planetary hours, phases of the moon, as well as the moon moving through the zodiac. All three are relatively accessible. You can use a farmer's almanac. You can look them up online. But they're ways of tying in timing, astrological timing, to your root work. Even if you're not sitting there pouring over these medieval remorse, you can still tap into that element, that elemental component, that uh, starry component, and that astrological component in what you do. But if you feel like you need a little bit deeper work, that's when you need to either pick up astrology yourself or go to an astrologer who does this type of work. And wow. Okay. I, I want to jump in right yeah. here. Oh, I'm sorry. I just got to jump in right here because Signe DC <clears throat> asked way back when this first happened, when William was yeah. talking, what happened to the lady with the um, with the bad Venus in Sagittarius? Were you able to cure her situation? 
Yes, in fact, uh, she's she decided to list herself on some uh, online dating sites. Uh, she was reluctant to do that because she had some bad experiences, but um, she finally relisted herself, rebranded herself, got her photo shots properly done. Um, um, she re she rewrote uh, you know what she was looking for in a relationship, and she is currently dating now and has decided. Uh, I think she's in within three she's with it, well, three to four months seeing someone specifically and consummating. Uh, a sexually monogamous relationship at this point, something she was not able to do over the past three and a half, four years since the ending of her engagement. Okay, good. I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear it. Now, Ollie, can you, t- can you tell us, Ollie, some, um, how you, have you had any success stories with any of these types of works? Oh, absolutely. So in the case of the, the night terrors, the night terrors were resolved very easily once we made those regimental changes. And in the case of the Taurus talisman, the Venusian Taurus talisman, uh, they were able to find it. But I also work, uh, Signet asked here about the lunar mansions. Yes, the lunar mansions are another really great way of working. And I love working with them because they're very straightforward and they're very effective. I do astrological remediation regardless of whether a client asks for it. Whenever they do, I do a natal chart. Reading, if someone comes to me for, for an astrological reading, the remediation is built in. It's just part of the way that I was trained to do it. But I also do it in the magical work that I do. I time my things based off of astrological timing, electional astrology, and whatnot. And it does make a, a very serious difference. I do believe that of the talismans that, that I've made over the years, the most effective have only been astrological talismans. Um, they, have a, they have a way of being enduring. You can wear an astrological talisman for a lifetime. I'll give you an example of one that I made. Uh, we made a particular ring for a client who was looking to become uh, famous, popular. It was a ring, a solar ring. It's a very old traditional formula. It's kind of sort of related to the Solomonic ring. It's kind of an overlapping tradition, um, but it's got its own certain components. So we made this particular ring for this person, uh, and the sun is a bit tricky. There's some, some ways of working with the sun in astrology that can be a bit messy. Uh, but we made this solar per- ring for the person, and they're still wearing it 15 years later. So for 15 mm-hmm. years, they've got the exact same ring, and they are now a very successful person. I don't want to out them, uh, but uh, let's just say that they, they are very much in the public eye. And if you look at some photos, you'll see the ring that we made that that they're wearing to this very day, 15 years later. Wow. Yeah. I've I've had some interesting things. I'm going to just relate one. I may have mentioned it before on other shows, but just a, a quick one. I have Venus conjunct Mars, and mm. um, I'm a Taurus, which is ruled by Venus, and my Venus conjunct Mars is in Aries, which rules Mars. So for a female, I'm a little bit aggressive and um, mm-hmm. fiery, but I am also highly sexualized. And um, this is in my 11th house of friends. So in mm-hmm. my younger days, particularly, I tended to basically have sex with everybody because, hey, you're my friend, let's have sex, right? Because, <laughs> you know, that's what it is. Right? Um, but I I wanted to actually enhance this. I didn't, I wasn't sad about it. I'd be able to say, whoa, look at that. You know, you're pretty manly for a gal. No, no, no. I was, I was very happy. Um, you can see on my website, I've written about sex magic. I mean, I mean, this is that Venus Mars thing, you know, in the 11th house of friendship and community. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, 
so I wanted to memorialize it and make it even better. And I had a, a lover um, who I had done some sex work to help him be a lover. He was a Virgo, and he just had a hard time expressing himself. So I just sort of threw myself into the breach, like, here, fuck me, and you'll be all better, right? <laughs> and um, he, I know. And he was, it worked. And uh, he was a, a jeweler, and he had met some people who were of the Sikh religion, and they were selling at a jewelry trade show some stainless steel bracelets, and they had given him one, and they said, this will strengthen you. And he gave it to me, because he goes, I don't wear this thing, and here, you can have it. So I took a Dremel tool and I took um, Tolkien's Fionorian alphabet and I wrote this whole long inscription about fucking and all this stuff inside of it, right? And safety and <laughs> fabulousness. And it was all, it was really great. And um, I wore it for my Mars aspect, right? Because I was having trouble as a woman. People were saying, you know, just be a girly girl. And I'm like, no, I've got my stainless steel bracelet like Wonder Woman. <laughs> Whatever. And then I met my um, future husband who had... Um, his Venus was conjunct, my Venus and Mars, and so was his son. He was an Aries. And I thought, oh, now I, now I need to emphasize my Venus part because he knows that I like trains and I like cars, which he did too, but I need to be kind of more girly girl. So I said to him, I'd like you, because he was a jeweler too, all those Aries guys. You know? I said, um, I said, could you, could you um, make me something? And he goes, yeah, I'm working on re- repairing this old 1940s truck, and I have to out the brake lines, which were made of copper in those days, copper tubing. He goes, I'll make you a copper bracelet out of brake lines. Right? Oh, wow. What, what could be more? <laughs> what could be more Venus and Aries? So he made me this copper bracelet, and then, in a little bit of inspiration, he put little wraps at the end of it, and he put little balls of silver, And um, because my, my moon was in Aquarius, and he felt it was very technical, and he wanted my moon to be a little emphasized. So, for... Um, Oh my gosh, a good 30 years. I wore those bracelets, one on one arm and one on the other. And I only stopped, even though he and I divorced, I mean, the other guy, the Virgo, was long gone from Bowling Green. I mean, he married, he had children, everything, you know. And then the other guy I had children with, and we divorced, and all this. But I wore those bracelets all the time until one day, the my skin, you know, the acid on my skin, finally, that copper wore through, and it was a little hole in the copper brake oh. line. And I I called up my ex husband, and I said, "Would you repair my copper brace my copper bracelet brake line?" And he said, "No, you're going to have to do it yourself." <laughs> and so I put the bracelets away. Um, but for many years, everybody knew me for those bracelets. But in the meantime, I had married, and I was happy, and I didn't need to like push that out so much. You know what I'm saying? But I wore those for 30 years. This End is really of story. interesting. This is interesting, and it actually raises the question that I'd ask both of you, uh, Kat and Williams. If a person wants to kind of get involved in astrological remediation, I've said, and maybe you can share what your best tip is for how to get started with this, uh, one of the best ways is learning correspondences. Even if you're not an astrologer, if you can learn what planets mean in regards to which minerals and which regards to which herbs. Like you're talking about copper, uh, copper there, right? Like the astrologer goes, ah, oh, yes, I know what that is. Same thing with herbs. There's certain herbs associated with certain planets. This is a really good entryway into astro- astrological remediation is to start to build those correspondences. What metals go with certain planets? Therefore, you know if you're going to use that in a particular talisman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which particular uh, colors go with particular planets or whatnot so that you know what candles you're using. What herbs you're going to use. 
going to be making a mojo back if you want to tap into, say, mercurial components. Will you be adding a little bit of celery, right? Which is very old mm-hmm. school Agrippa, right? So mm-hmm. this is, this is like one way to do it is to build up those correspondences so you can start to understand the sort of uh, symbolic logic behind astrology. So we're going to talk about a theory of correspondence just real briefly here. Yeah. You can find books where people have tried to put all of these in. There's one very good book um, that is um, available from Llewellyn Publications, I believe, called The Book of Correspondence. Do you know the book I'm talking about? Maybe um, mm-hmm, Nagashiva mm-hmm. can find it. We carry it in our shop. It's a very good book. It's modern. Um, it's an excellent one. Agrippa, of course, is a good basic, but you know you got to wade through all the Agrippa text, you know. Um, and I would say that um, other books. There was a, a book called Seven 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 by Aleister Crowley. I consider that to be a flawed book. Um, it's really not, um, you know, excellent to me. Agreed. But, Agreed. Um, but you know, um, so I, I deprecate that book. Um, but that other book that I oh gosh, um, it's called the complete. Here it is, the complete book of correspondences by Sandra Kynes. Thank you. Um, um, th- those types of books will help. Um, another interesting book is um, uh, the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. Maybe you can type that into the um, uh, chat too. Um, when I wrote the book Hoodoo Urban Root Magic. I wanted to write something that was from a African American country rural perspective, and um, it was American. But Scott Cunningham's book, The Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, is excellent and has a whole section in the back on the European correspondences with herbs. And um, I recommend it highly as a, an adjunct to what I do. It's a classic. I think mine has become a classic too. Put the two books together, and you have something really, you know, good. Um, Ali says, Al-Biruni's correspondences. Um, tell me about Al-Biruni. Yeah, Al-Biruni is a, is a medieval astrologer. He's one of the later Persian astrologers. He comes way after Abu Mashar. He wrote a fantastic book, Al-Kitab uh, al which has been translated into English, uh, and there's like PDFs available online. And I think the English translation is the book of instruction in the elements of astrology or something like that. Like they took they they made it so it's a somewhat complex title. But if you look up Al Biruni, which is A L space B I R U N I, he is one of the best compilers of correspondences for the planets, for the zodiac, and a lot of his stuff is just really a translation of the Hellenic uh, tradition, which then gets translated into Hebrew by. Ibn Ezra, which then gets picked up by Banani and then enters into the sort of European uh, idea. So a lot of those kind of correspondences you can trace back to Baruni. Um, so if you're interested in working with his correspondences, they are now available uh, online. He's my go-to for, for all those types of correspondences. And Sydney DC says also William Lilly. Someone yeah. asked William Stickover, Stickovers, what about William Lilly? Do you use him? Yeah, I've used William Lilly quite a bit. Um, William Lilly was also a practitioner of magic in the um, mm-hmm. around in the late 1600s. So uh, actually, mm-hmm. he practiced magic. He actually quit doing horary consultations and went into mm-hmm. magic and medicine in the final third of his career. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I've used Lilly quite a bit because when you're doing horary, you have to be able to look at a planet and know if what its herb what's the metal, mm-hmm. what color, all those factors have to be built into your horary regimen and vocabulary. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I I I found William Lilly to be um, a useful source also when right. I was young. Um, so yeah, um, and Ollie says his book Christian Astrology is still the major textbook of early modern astrology. That is true. And um, another book I'm going to recommend, um, although again people are going to go, huh? Um, but this goes down back to our down home American grimoire tradition, and this is the A to Z. Horoscope Maker and Delineator by Llewellyn George, and I hope somebody else types that in. And what you want in the A to Z Horoscope Maker and Delineator by William George is you want a an old copy that was published after Pluto was discovered. So he started this book and revised it endlessly. Um, in 1930, Pluto was discovered, so you're looking for an edition after that and before the advent of Carl, quote, Llewellyn, unquote, Weschke's ownership of Llewellyn Publishing. Llewellyn George was the originator of Llewellyn Publishing. And that book, The A to Z Horoscope Maker and Delineator, um, is, um, and somebody wrote William George, it's Llewellyn George. Um, It is a a fundamental book of modern, down-home, both... um, uh, rural and urban hoodoo. You cannot uh, uh, hoodoo astrology. You can't um, uh, do better than that book. It's it's just excellent. Find a used copy. You'll love it. Do not buy the current edition available from Llewellyn Publishing. No offense, Llewellyn Publishing. Your book of correspondences is great, but what you did to Llewellyn George's book, not so great. All right. <laughs> so, um, well, now I'd like to to. Um, Go back to William. So, William, um, oh, and I, I'm sorry. Before I do that, I have to say we all told our success stories. Uh, the man with the unaspected Venus, I married him. And <laughs> straight. <laughs> my ve- my his, his Venus, uh, my Neptune was on his Venus. He likes me a lot. Um, I fulfill his ideals in some way, I guess. Happy for oh, me. Oh, I love it. And also his... Um, his moon um, and is on my sun, and my Jupiter is on his sun. So there's points of contact that are very mutually beneficial for business, for sex, and for love. Okay, that was my success story. Um, and um, so, uh, William, I'd like you to say, if a client comes to you, let's just give a little advertisement for what you do. It's brief. Client comes to you and they say, my problem, and you gave us one example. I'm going to say another problem. My problem, says somebody here, is I've been looking for a job, and I've got retrograde planets, and now everything's retrograde, and I can't find a job. What should I do, Mr. Stick mm. Um, How would you go about assessing that? What's your sorting principle? Well, it really depends. Now, for many people who come to me as of late, they're generally mid-age. And at, there are many indications using zodiacal releasing combined with uh, transits, uh, what we would call midlife transits, that mm-hmm. are converging, indicative that they need to be transitioning to a different profession or, or making at least a lateral move, a significant lateral move within that profession. And so in that case, I don't necessarily just focus on the midheaven, which is the part of the horoscope that deals directly with vocation. I'll look at um, 
I look at particularly the the planetary strength, the composite planetary strength, and see if what we need to do based on what's being impacted, if we can enhance the overall power, right, the prowess, or mm-hmm. uh, what I would call, or what astrologers would call agency, right, agency, mm-hmm. where we have a better connection with the diamond, the diamonic calling, right, and develop that connection further in order to be more open to the intimations, the synchronicities, the serendipities, and uh, to direct us into a, a more appropriate path, especially when we're going through a midlife crisis, a midlife or transformational crisis. So what I would do is first look at the strength of their planets, see which one is our mutem, meaning the lord of the lords, right, or the overlord, and I would mm-hmm. see if that planet is being impacted by the transits or the particular zodiacal releasing period, especially if they're in, um, uh, uh, if they're particularly between one period and another, they're making a big transition from one chapter mm. to the next. Then I would probably have them do a a, a planetary talisman mm-hmm. for that particular almutum, the almutum of their whole chart, meaning the most strongest planet in their chart as the first and foremost thing. So you would, they wouldn't need to get a metal talisman. They can, we could create a paper talisman, have them work with that paper talisman, and over that 30 to 60-day period, actually in most cases it's 30, but mm-hmm. sometimes it can happen within 60 days, uh, it will direct them and move them into a place where they can find, uh, they can start seeing light at the end of the tunnel and certain revelations and intimations become very apparent. So that would be the first thing I would do uh, if they would have come to me with that type of problem. That's that's really interesting. Um, I like that. And also um, the use of the midheaven is important because it rules the 10th house, which is career. And sometimes we'll find that a person needs to make a shift in their career path um, according to what's going on, especially if there's a long transit happening through there that might be beneficial or more bad <laughs> um, that using one of the sl- with one of the slow planets. It can impact your career for years to have a slow planet uh, that's a negative planet transiting there. All right. Well, thank you, William, and thank you, Ollie, for bringing your perspective to this. It's all you can see. Um, there's a lot to study here and learn. William teaches classes in astrology, and I think everyone should uh, check him out for that. And there's our music. So we are going to go to do a reading. So bring it on, Jeremy. Stay tuned to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man Ali. And this week's special guest, William Stick Evers, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, 
a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk with our client, Shay, um, who is calling from Georgia. Are you there, Shay? Yes, I'm here. Great. Shay says that she has uh, been a listener on the show since 2014 and uh, has even been on air for a reading in the past in 2019. Um, But she's calling now for an entirely new question. Uh, She has not had any readings. Um, She feels, though, she tells us that she feels stuck in one spot and is not progressing in life. She uh, uh, isn't sure if someone has crossed her, but she feels that her drive has just given up or dried up, and uh, she wants a better career but finds herself uninterested in much of anything. Is that correct, Shay? Yes. Yes? All right. Well, I'm going to ask a couple of questions before I turn this over to Conjurman Ali for the reading. Um, Shay, approximately what is your age? 37. 37. All right. And um, what is your sign of the zodiac? Pisces. Pisces. All right. So we're going to turn this over to Ali, and he's going to see what we can see. Thanks, Kat. So I have uh, looked at, I pulled a few cards here and I've pulled a uh, geomantic chart to take a look and see what's going on in your uh, situation and what we can do uh, about it. So the first card that we have here is the moon. And the moon is uh, speaking to the stagnation that you're experiencing. Here we have a lunar figure that is distant and cold with two uh, canines that are uh, howling up uh, but the moon remains unmoved, meaning that most of what you're doing has been uh, unable to really affect any particular change uh, in your life. And so the stagnation is somewhat out of your control. When the moon comes in, it usually speaks to unconscious, emotional, spiritual issues, and it requires some type of intervention from the outside, meaning that someone needs to come in and, and help you in this particular uh, matter. Uh, so do consider professional work, some type of magical coaching, some type of ally uh, who will step forward. The emperor is the next figure. An emperor is stern. This is a person who has complete control over their life. This is a person who is self-made, is victorious, and it brings some level of the energy that you're going to need. The magical coach that you want to work with should be someone a little bit older than you and should be someone who is uh, successful in their own line of work and who can bring some element of regiment, control, discipline into your life. It is going to require sort of overhaul in in your situation. This is not a matter of lighting a couple candles and then everything will be all right. You need to kind of change the entire trajectory of your life, uh, change the entire kind of shift in direction. And it's going to require this outside person of a work. You think of it as almost a, a magical life coach. In, in certain instances, like a person who will really kind of step-by-step step help build the foundations for your success. 
The final card is the world card, meaning that things will change, that it will take a little bit of time. Here we see a woman celebrating her victory, surrounded by the four representations uh, of uh, the astrological signs, Taurus, Aquarius, Scorpio, and Leo, also uh, a symbol of the four arch- of the archangels. Uh, so there's, uh, there is change coming, but it is some ways off, and you're going to need to be patient for it. You might consider, given that this is the topic of uh, the episode that is some form of astrological remediation. You might consider working with someone who can look at your chart and build something lasting, that in addition to doing magical work, that they will give you some work around regimen, some work around uh, some, some aspects or planets within your own natal chart. The geomantic chart here is, that produces a result of the result, uh, like Tishan meaning joy. You need to be working heavily with Jupiter. Uh, and Jupiter is the, the planet that is associated with your sign anyway. But Jupiter is going to be the most powerful influence in your particular uh, life. And Jupiter is going to be the planet that you want to work around. So working with, on uh, Thursdays, working in the hour of Jupiter, thinking about Jupiterian uh, or Jovian uh, 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 talismans, all of those will be very useful in your particular work, and this cap can give you some recommendations along those lines. So you do have, there is some intervention needed here. Your life is stagnating. There is, I can confirm that. There is a spiritual component to it that may be tied to your actual chart. I don't see an enemy crossing you up directly, but there is a lot of negativity around you, a lot of evil eye work, a lot of spiritual miasma that is keeping you, and you need to shake that off by having a complete overhaul of your life. And once you do that, then you will start to see a radical change towards your life jump-starting. Um, one kind of product to throw in advance, Van Van, is going to be really useful here. That's what I see. This is a, a, a indication that things are slow moving in your life, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. And to look to that hope going forward. I'm going to turn this over to William, who's going to do your uh, next reading, and then Kat is going to give you some group work recommendations. Okay. Yes, I wasn't clear on the question from a Hari perspective. I wasn't clear on how to frame the question. Um, well, uh, the question was, and it, they wrote it down here in the chat room. Um, let's see if I can find it here. I feel like I'm stuck in one spot and not progressing in life. I don't know if someone had me has me crossed, but it seems like I have no drive. I want a better career, but lately I've had a lack of interest in anything. So the question is, I think, am I stuck? Am I crossed? And, and why don't I have an interest in bettering myself? Yeah, okay. So what I'm seeing here is that there is a earthbound spirit living within your home that's actually draining all your energy and that this earthbound spirit needs to be uh, remedied. Actually, I see yourself in a position of defending yourself, right? Uh, And often, you know, you're being put in a position where you have to take extra precautions. You're feeling a bit paranoid, feeling a little bit wary and guarded. Um, you know, it's almost like you've been um, slowly dragged down from what I can see here, uh, just looking at the horror. And uh, I'm seeing particularly here, uh, looking at that horror, um, is the fact that Mercury is going to conjunct Venus, which is the ruler of the first, uh, the ruler of the 12th house conjuncting the first house. So it looks like to me, now this is different than a ghost. This is an earthbound spirit, someone who did not cross over and needs to utilize people's energy 
They can derail marriages. They can stop businesses. They can put people into an arrested state of personal development. And that's what I see. And the best remediation for this is to start uh, fumigating your house. Uh, don't and use and do that every 12 days. That's the first thing to arrest this. Now, I believe it is a male figure that is attached to you. Did you recently move, like, let's say, over the past three years? Yeah, I did. Okay. So they followed you from that place. They attached to you and followed you to your new place. And do you feel like you're watched when you're in the bathroom or late at night in the bedroom? Do you feel like someone may be watching you and and then or to some degree? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> I really do. Right. So, right. so that's Even what I'm picking up Even my child here. said it. Okay. So what it is is someone who's crossed over. This is someone who didn't want to cross into the light because they did bad things here on earth and they did not want to – deal with what was they believed at least was on the other side, although there's no judgment on the other side, the way our justice system works. And so what you need to do is smudge that place every 12 days. That's the first thing. And there are some other things you can do. You can get the quince seed uh, that you can wear the quince seed on your body that will keep this, this earthbound spirit away from you by four feet, right? But the best thing you can do is to smudge that house with Stage and recite the 23rd Psalm and smudge it, including the attic, including the, every closet, and in the basement, wherever you may be, wherever you go. It will, right? You need to make sure you smudge it at least every 12 days. So that's, that's the remediation I see here. And basically, you've been persevering against all, you know, despite everything, with all these setbacks. That is partially to do with this earthbound spirit. It's not entirely due, but it has partially to do with that. So that's what I'm seeing here, and that's my recommendation. But it's nothing that's right. kind of like hurt me or anything, is it? Well, it it is hurting you in that it's causing you to act as if you were under a cloud of depression or negativity. In other words, it's not a spirit, as I understand what was said, it's not a spirit that's going to cause you to become sickened and die. It's not a spirit that's going to cause you to go crazy, but it's a spirit that has drained the joy out of your life and therefore your interest in moving on. That's That stuck feeling is caused by that. That's as I understood what they were both seeing and saying. Okay? So... I'm going to um, go into um, a little bit of a remediation here because my job is to provide some root work. And um, so I'm going to go with some of the ideas that were noted in the cards and that William said as well. Um, Quince seed is very good. Um, And um, bay leaves were mentioned also as being in that card of the world. Um, I also would like to see you use um, licorice, and ginseng and ginger okay now these uh, are all non-toxic and edible and so you may use them in a crush them up and make a, a dressing for a candle out of them but you may also make a tea with those and you can add them to any kind of tea, such as black tea or green tea or what I was just drinking right now, which is chai tea, which is very activating. 
You can use them to make a smudge as well. And um, in other words, you would burn them on charcoal and just walk around with a charcoal pan. Um, don't burn your hands now. And just get a little bit of smoke around the house. Um, but I certainly recommend those herbs. Um, and Signe DC added something. Palo Santo is used to purify. That's very good for getting rid of spirits. And um, and so is rosemary to protect the home. But I've forgotten who it was who said it. Somebody back there said it in all capital letters, Tibetan Ghost Purging Incense. Um, and uh, it was yeah. Dr. Sweets. Uh, so t- um, Tibetan Ghost Purging Incense um, is excellent. Um, you can use that on charcoal. It's a mixture of 49 different ingredients. And, um, okay, whoever said it, maybe it was Lucky Mojo. Somebody said it. It was great. Um, but I want those specific herbs that I mentioned as an addition. You can't drink Tibetan ghost purging incense, but the herbs that I first mentioned you can make into a tea. Now, I would like you to do a bit of a candle ritual. And um, one of the things that I would want to see, because your energy is low, you want to do something that's what I would call a solar talisman or something that revives your um, energy or your heart Um, if you have nothing else to make a talisman of and i know that you're a woman i tend to tell women if you if you're feeling low in energy get yourself one of the sacagawea gold dollars it's a gold dollar coin they look all golden and they show a woman who led the lewis and clark expedition across the country and back again safely. But there are other things you could use. You could use a Solomonic seal. You could um, use um, literally real gold jewelry. If you have any real gold jewelry, especially if you have a necklace with a golden chain, you're going to lay it down and make a circle. You can lay those herbs around it. You can crush some of the herbs, but I like to make a wreath of the bay laurel leaves because the card of the world was implicated. So make a little wreath of those laurel leaves. Put your gold chain with your little gold pendant around And you're going to dress it with um, Crown of Success oil, the candle. The candle can be a yellow candle. You want something solar and uplifting. And um, so you start by doing the incense, getting everything cleaned up around you. And then you're going to um, put up that little wreath, put up the candle, and um, roll it in the first oil it with Crown of Success oil, and then you can take the crumbled and crushed little bit of herbs on it. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you're going to melt a little wax on an aluminum sheet, uh, aluminum foil in a, on a cookie sheet in the oven, and um, sprinkle the herbs on it, then roll the candle in it. It'll pick up the wax and herbs, and you just sort of stick it on. It makes a kind of a funky little mess, but it really looks good when you, when you know what you're doing, <laughs> and, um, and you're going to burn that candle. And I would um, burn that <clears throat> candle um, on a on a day when the sun had been shining all day. Don't burn it on a cloudy day. <clears throat> Wait till the sun is shining. Whether it's a Sunday is a good day, <clears throat> but any day when the sun shone all day and as night comes, I want you to light that candle to have light through the evening and into the next day. You'll feel better. <clears throat> you can bathe with those same herbs I mentioned. Just put them in a little muslin bag and put them in the bathtub. You can also, if you want to, use those same herbs in the laundry and um, put them in a little muslin bag, tie it closed, and um, put it in with your laundry uh, as you do your clothes that you're going to wear. Okay. And these are all things that are going to cheer you, that will give you more success, 
and um, surround yourself with gold. If you have gold gold jewelry, as I mentioned, you laid it out, you're going to dress it with some Crown of Success oil and wear that. Um, be sure that you get out in the sunshine enough. I'm feeling that this earthbound spirit, spirit that's in your home, the idea of smudging, ghost purging incense, boy, that'll really get rid of that thing. Be sure that you waft the incense out the door. Don't just burn the incense in a closed room. That doesn't do nothing. It just lies low in the corners and comes back. You want to be walking around the room and pushing it out the door finally and say, now go, go your way. And you want to do that on a sunny day because you want this spirit to leave. And you may have to do it more than once because like rats that you catch in a trap and carry away, they do have a sense of where their home is and they'll come right back. So you have to carry it away and... Um, it, it it can be done. You have to do it more than once. That's all I'm saying. So um, does mm. anybody else have any ideas that they want to add to this? That was fantastic, but I'm just going to add one briefly. Van Van Oil is really useful oh, here. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. If you want to get that Sacagawea coin and then rub a little bit of Van Van Oil on that, that would be just mm. perfect. Yes. Van Van Oil is to change bad conditions to good. Very good choice. It's also a sunny, yellow, purifying thing. You can mix it with the Crown of Success, if you like. The two aromas go very nice together. They make a nice blend. And mm-hmm. what a good idea to rest a talisman with Van Van Oil. But I would then transition to Crown of Success because once you've gotten rid of it, you want to be opening up your new world of success. Okay? Also, I mentioned... Um, uh, get out in the sunshine. I would like you to take um, vitamin D, um, and I I want you to be sure that you're getting enough vitamin D in your life, and maybe also vitamin B12. That's I'm not a doctor. I just speak from spirit, and it it just tells me say that to her. <laughs> so there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Doc Murphy said I need Van Van oil and a gallon drum. Love the stuff. Yeah, and um. I tell you, Van Van Oil and Vitamin D, what a combination. <laughs> How about you, uh, William? Do you have anything to add? No, I think you basically covered it very well here. Um, I would say that um, this spirit is very resistant. And the other thing she needs to do is carry a quince seed in her car. So, therefore, oh. this entity will not go with her in the car. And also, she will not pick up other earthbounds there is a I, i'm not some people seem to attract more earthbound spirits than others and she seems to be a good magnet for it in terms of what i'm seeing in the horary figure Mm-hmm. okay um that's another thing that i'm going to mention uh, now what did you say to put in the car quincy the quince the yeah. quincy yeah. okay quincy. and um i'm also going to say if you feel bad try to drop that spirit off at a graveyard um, throw, throw some quince seeds down, some coins. Come home over water so the spirit cannot follow you home. If you come through on a bridge, stop in the middle of the bridge and say the Lord's Prayer and walk on. All right. Well, now we have our network schedule announcement and our announcer who is not wearing pajamas, as opposed to our announcer who is wearing pajamas, will present that to us. The 
LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, God, Shiva, please go put some pajamas on. And now it's time <laughs> for our free spell segment with William Stickevers of William Stickevers. Dot com in Las Vegas, Nevada. Take it away, William. Yes, and today we are going to present the third Luna Mansion Hoodoo Shake Jar spell. And the third Luna Mansion Hoodoo Shake Jar is for the acquisition of all good things. For the third Luna Mansion, augurs art and creativity and love, along with success in business and commerce. And for this work, you will need a petition paper. Actually, let me restate that. You'll need a talisman that will serve as a petition paper, which is a four-by-four-inch Picatrix image of the third Luna Mansion, and that is the figure of a seated woman with her right hand raised over her head, wrapped in cloth. I provided that image earlier. A small glass jar, moon incense, Taurus incense, moon oil, white sugar, cinnamon, ground nutmeg, bayberry bark, mandrake root, bay leaves, alfalfa, gravel root, iron pyrite, and silver glitter. So what you do is at the time when the moon enters the first degree, zero degrees of Taurus, when the moon enters at zero degrees Taurus, you print out the third Ludum mansion image as provided, then proceed to cut out the talisman image from the printed sheet of paper. On the back of the talisman, write your petition to acquire all good things. Then turn the talisman clockwise to the right, and this is on the back side of it, and write the name of the third Luna Mansion, al the many little ones, three times across. Then turn the talisman clockwise again to the right and sign your name three times across the back of the talisman. Then anoint the talisman with Luna Mansion oil in a five-point pattern, then pray over the talisman and recite the Orphic Hymn to the Moon. Here, goddess queen, diffusing silver light, bullhorned and wandering through the gloom of night, with stars surrounded and wide circuit wide Diana, goddess of the moon's night torch extending through the heavens you ride. Female and male with silvery rays you shine and now full orbed, now tending to decline. Mother of ages, fruit producing moon, whose amber orb makes night's reflected noon. Lover of horses, splendid queen of night, all-seeing power bedecked with starry light. Lover of villages, lover of village, excuse me, lover of villages, the foe of strife, in peace rejoicing, and a prudent life. Fair lamp of night, its ornament and friend, who giveth to nature's works their destined end. Queen of the stars, all-wise Diana Hal, decked with graceful robe and ample veil. Come, blessed goddess, prudent, starry, bright. Come, boony lap, with chaste and splendid light. Shine on these sacred rites with prosperous rays, and please accept thy suppliant's mystic praise. 
then pause and then subfumigate the folded petition paper with the moon and Taurus incense while reciting the 23rd Psalm. So you're going to subfumigate it, smoke that talisman, and then after you finish smoking the talisman sufficiently with the incense, you put it down, you will then take your jar out, pour the rice into the jar, and you will fill up half the jar with rice as a base for good luck, success, and prosperity. Then place the talisman into the jar, partially submerging it, the paper, halfway through where the paper and the talisman, you're actually submerging the paper talisman into the rice halfway. Then pour sugar mixed with cinnamon into the jar to bring all good things quickly, completely covering the paper talisman. Then sprinkle around nutmeg into the jar to bring good luck, wealth, and seizing good opportunities. Add a little bayberry bark for financial situations with property and other wealth-generating investments. Add some bay leaves and alfalfa to the jar to remove any obstacles and prevent financial troubles. Add a little iron pyrite to the jar. This is very good for bringing luck, positive cash flow, and overall excitement for business. And add then a little gravel root to the jar to give you control over your life and financial decisions. And finish off with extra fine sparkling silver glitter to ensure you have enough disposable income resources to acquire all the things you want and desire most. Then you close the jar, then shake the jar for 30 seconds, saying aloud, I call on the spirit of the third lunar mansion of the moon, Althruea, the many little ones, bring to me all good things. Then place the jar on your altar or in a safe place reciting the third 24th Psalm to close the ritual. Then for the next 30 days, before you start your day, you continue to shake the jaw while reciting, I call on the spirit of the third lunar mansion of the moon, Althoraya, the many little ones, to bring to me all good things. Then place the jar back on the altar and close with the 23rd Psalm. And remember, the more you work with the jar, the more successful you will be in the acquisition of all good things. Wow. Very that cool. was very, very, very cool. What a fantastic uh, uh, spell that is. Very classical. Again, for those who um, wonder about how does this connect to hoodoo, um, one of the books that I mentioned earlier that we were, had um, had ready for press, but then the COVID-19 came and, and the presses were shut down, is a book called The Guiding Light to Power and Success by uh, Mikhail Strabo. And in it, he gives um, what I would consider to be hoodoo-style spells. The book was written in 19, um, uh, see, 1940 and then revised, no, 41 and then revised in 42. Um and he gives planetary spells, and I've added the Orphic hymns to them because he just says, yeah, you're just going to say this thing, but he doesn't give what it is. And so I put in the full text in my revision of it. So uh, he, this is a man who was, um, through his company Guidance House, was combining hoodoo spells with the Orphic hymns. So it does go back at least to the 40s, and of course probably much earlier than that, to the early 20th century in hoodoo. It is not... Um, the most common thread of hoodoo, but it is not unknown to hoodoo. So just keep that in mind. Um, wonderful spell, and I really appreciate that. Um, 
So we're going to put this all together in the forum, in the chat log, and you'll see the whole spell, and you'll be able to uh, copy it down from there. And all of the Orphic Hymn will be put into its proper lineation so you can see the beautiful rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I kind of gasped when I saw it go through in the chat log as just like a block of type. And I'm like, no, because it all does rhyme. <laughs> uh, that is the um, translation. Um, oh, what's the man's name? Starts with the letter T. Thomas Dallas. Yeah, there you go. 1824, something like that. Correct. I recognized it. Yeah. Okay. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, William. That was brilliant. Thank you. And um, so we're going to have our announcements here from Jeremy. He's going to tell us all about it. We're all going to come back and say goodbye, each in our own uh, separate ways. Well, thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man Ali. And thank you, William Stick Evers of WilliamStickEvers.com for being our special guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing up the topic of reality-based magic. Once again, we come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and the shows are available in the archive at luckymojo.com backslash radio show dot html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and I take deep. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.